John. Thank you very much for being with us today. I appreciate you coming in to talk with me. Glad to be here. So we were talking a little bit earlier. You have decades of involvement in this community, but you were telling me some stories about when you started young, very young, <laughs> in your law enforcement background. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think it's fascinating. Well, my first job in law enforcement was when I was 17, and I went to the FBI in fingerprints. I left California and moved to Washington, D.C. I couldn't work nights because I was too young. Uh, child labor laws said you had to be at least 18 to work after 10 o'clock at night. So I worked a uh, day shift until then. But I was walking downtown one day. It was hot, so I wanted to get cool. So I went in this trailer. I really didn't see the sign. It said police trailer. I took the test. I immediately got uh, picked in about two weeks. But I wasn't old enough to be a policeman, so I became a police cadet. And which department was this? That was Washington, D.C. Okay. The D.C. Metropolitan Police Department. I went to a place... uh, called the Morals Division. That was narcotics, gambling, liquor, um, prostitution. But I also worked undercover during major demonstrations. That was when the SDS, and the, that's the Students for a Democratic Society, Abby Hoffman and all of them were out there. So they would put you in, into the crowd? Into the to crowd. To blend in undercover. Oh, yeah. I was right there. They sent me into houses looking for axe handles. Uh, to make sure that the, the the demonstrators weren't armed. I was a policeman for about four years. I, I got injured in the line of duty. We used to r- use those uh, Vespas to patrol on, and a car cut in front of me, sent me up eight feet, now 16 feet, broke my, broke my kneecap. At age 23, I was retired. I came back to California, uh, married, and two children. Do you... Do you see any differences from your time in law enforcement now with your son and your grandson being in law enforcement? Are there any concerns that you have for their safety or just how things have changed in general? Well, I'm always worried about my my, my, uh, children, my blood, uh, getting injured uh, on the job. Uh, The numbers have changed. That's what has changed. It's becoming less secure. The numbers go up. Uh, law enforcement has so much they should take care of, uh, but they can't take care of everything. Right. They can't and take care of everything, and they, and they're always they're always the first ones that are going to be called as being wrong. But it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It means it's been seen a different way. I know for people maybe in my generation that don't have the historic backdrop of you working in the '60s or the '70s, they feel that maybe the respect for the position has changed. And I know that part of your leadership in the community and with the NAACP is to have a true relationship with the community, with law enforcement to work together. Can you tell me a little bit about your goals for that area? You have a sheriff that is uh, uh, willing to work with the people. And he takes some of the leaders in the community and he uses them the way they should be used. He keeps them informed as to what is going on in his department. If there's something that's a real problem, he'll be the first to let you know because he doesn't want rumors going out there either. Uh, we don't want you know we don't want things to start because a rumor got it started. That's always positive. Uh, 
So, uh, you know, I give kudos to uh, Sheriff McMahon. And yeah, communication is key. It, and and misinformation is damaging. So, so much so. To be able to get out there and be honest and have real discussions. And I know that there's members from the department that are active in the NAACP. They go to the meetings. They participate in the events. SEBA um, yeah. has always been close with you yes and uh, you know but being uh, being with the NAACP is just one of the things that I, I do to give back to the community I just got sworn in and one of the plans that I would like to see come uh, into fruition is uh, that we have uh, an advisory of some sort uh, with with the law enforcement, so that we can, you know, we can as community, as community can work with all of the agencies and be a part of making sure that if we have a problem, that they have key players to get in touch with. Another one is we'd like to see some of the training programs before to see if we can add anything to them. We'd like to see some of those programs, and I'm sure they've been vetted. Right. So it would be nice to let the community know how how your training is going. We go to the academy a couple of times a year and watch that, but uh, there is, an, there, I think there's still a need for more of the community to go to see some of it. I remember when I used to teach cultural diversity mm -hmm. when I was still on the academy. Yeah. That was a week-long thing, and we would bring stakeholders, members of yeah. the community. But I think there's a different aspect you might be talking about, which is outside of just cultural diversity. Yes. Into other aspects of maybe mental health training or other areas where the community definitely has um, a stake. Yes. And how those things are managed. I, be I, I believe that is exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, I do know that... If uh, um, if if we invite the SEBA and the Sheriff's Department to something, they will be there, right. and that's important, and that's good. And the NAACP, we're going to be growing. You know, we've we've been more like a, a sleeping giant uh, lately, but it's it's going to become a real a leading organization within the community. And uh, we expect we expect the community to, to to come together and make it what it is supposed to be. Are there any lasting thoughts that you want to leave us with? Any closing thoughts? I just want you to know that the NAACP is going to be out there looking at the community, looking uh, at the county. There's uh, a chapter in Victorville. Um, there's a chapter in Riverside. There's a chapter in San Bernardino. We all have big areas that we, we cover, but we do want to be there to let our people know. And this is let all people know. The NAACP, although it may have been set up for African Americans, it is one of those organizations that benefits everyone as we go into our work to improve the lot of the African-American population, it will also improve the lot of everybody else, and including uh, the uh, law enforcement agencies, mental health agencies, the county agencies. 
Well, great. We appreciate your decades of service to the community, making it better. And, and again, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you very much, Olivia. Thank you. Lolita, it's been a slice. <laughs> thank you.